Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cedar and Cypress podcast. I am Liv. And I'm Allison. And we're back. We're back. We're finally back. I feel like I just broke the mic. <laughs> um, yes, we are back. We're here again. We're going to have a very chill episode today. We're just going to talk about life. Um, I mean, we'll get into more what we're going to talk about in a second, yeah. but yeah, we've had a crazy couple weeks, you guys, mm-hmm. just school upon school upon school and life upon life upon life. It's been a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. been a lot of things happening, um, but we're really happy to be back. We're really happy to be recording again. I miss this, honestly. Yeah, I, I always this. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always do. It's fun. It's fun to just kind of hang out and talk and chat about mm-hmm. The important things in life. So today, honestly, we are just going to do, like I said, a really chill episode. We're kind of just going to talk about like what we've been learning, what God has been teaching us, some of the things that we have been reading in the Bible lately, um, just kind of some random life update stuff, um, spiritual life update stuff. So yeah. uh, before we get into that, though, we're going to start with our regular thing. Uh, Allison, what was the best party week? Okay, guys, this is the last time you're going to have to hear me talk about my MBA because I've talked about it so many times on this podcast. But the best part of my week was submitting my final project ever for my last class of my MBA, my finance class. And that was the highlight of my week, just realizing, oh my gosh, I am done with my grad degree. So I texted my whole family. I'm like, guess who just submitted their final assignment? This, This person right here. Guess who officially has an MBA? Yeah. I mean, That's I have a so couple, I have several months until the degree will be conferred and the diploma will be on my door, but you know, you know. But you have it because you're done. Exactly. You don't have to exactly. do anything else for it personally. So you have it. Yeah. Agreed. That's my thought. Anyway. Agreed. Yeah. True, true. How about you? Um, I was just thinking, am I like now going to be the only person complaining about my degree on this podcast? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like coming on like, yeah, so my week was really hard. I had a lot of school, and you'd be like, "Yeah, it's tough, right? It's tough, man." But you're allowed. Um, Yours is seventy-two credits. Mine was only forty-two. So you're one hundred percent allowed. It's actually seventy-four. You're right. You my bad. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make that much of a difference. But yes, um, yeah, the best part of my week. So okay, I've been sick for like a week straight, so I haven't been doing that much. But I have been reading a lot. Because that's what you do when you're sick. If you don't want to stare at a screen for a million hours a day, because I already stare at one for nine hours a day when I work. So um, I've been reading a lot. I'm in my reading era. Um, And (laughs) the best part of my week was honestly some of the books that I read, I think, because I just finished a book. I was telling Allison about this yesterday while we were working because we chat each other while we're working. (laughs) Um, And I finished this book. That was like a a thriller book. I don't think it was like quite horror. It wasn't quite there because it was more like suspenseful the whole time. And then you get to the end and your mind is just like blown. I was telling Allison, it gave me major Get Out vibes. So if you are a fan of Get Out, I highly recommend this book. It's called Lock Every Door. Is that what it's called? Wait, I have it here. Hold on. Yes, it's called Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. And it's just really good. Honestly, I, I just, when I'm reading a thriller book, I just want to be shocked at some points. 
you know, like I want to get to some points where I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not see that coming. Like, that's crazy. And this book definitely did that. I was actually sitting reading it, like gasping out loud. Um, so yeah, it was pretty good. I won't spoil it because I just, if you ever do read it, like I can't give literally anything away or it would spoil like the whole book. So I won't say anything, but it's super good. So definitely recommend that book. There is a little bit of things in it that you might want to not, I don't know, read to children, but like, (laughs) but like how you explain that. I like, I don't know how to say, I was like going to say that you might not want to read, but then I was like, no, but you kind of have to. So like, not that just like, don't read it to kids. Maybe. I don't know. Um, read with discretion. There you go. There you go. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love reading for fun. I mean, I, I finally started reading again now that, um, my class don't have to read accounting books. Yeah. Because honestly, when you're reading textbooks all the time, it just kind of sucks the fun out of reading. And so, yeah, I've finally been back into reading and I'm rereading a book that I've read like a bunch of times it's called Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo. Uh, it's a, like a fantasy young adult, like fiction type thing. It's really, really good. It's really interesting. Yeah, you should definitely read it. But I just might. We just gave you guys two book recommendations. So you are coming out of (laughs) this recommendations. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving on from that, um, definitely check those books out if you're into thrillers or like fantasy type books, because that sounds really interesting. Um, But yeah, we just kind of wanted to have a conversation today. Just talk about like some of the things that we've been learning, some of the things that God has been showing us through uh, circumstances in life, through reading our Bibles, through a lot of things. Um, so do you want to start us off and just sure. kind of tell us maybe some of the stuff you've been learning? Sure. Yeah, this is one that I was just talking to Liv about today. Or was it yesterday? I don't know. Everything blends together during yeah. work. Um, but yeah, I was telling Liv that I had noticed that somebody at work had gotten a promotion or promotion or like, I guess it was a lateral move because it wasn't necessarily a promotion, but a role that I had applied for and interviewed for and thought, just really thought that the interviewers or interviewees, I don't know which one is correct, but I thought they really liked me. I thought I had a really good shot with the, the, the role and I was very interested in it, but I saw that it went to somebody else. And so, the, I mean, in my career, my two-year-long time being in the workforce, I've I've applied for so many roles. Honestly, mm-hmm. guys, I can't even count them anymore. <laughs> I've just applied for so many different things and interviewed and gotten pretty close, I think. Uh, but then it hasn't worked out. And one of the things I was telling Liv is that I think that we forget sometimes that we don't always get opportunities for a really good reason and that God may not allow you to have something that you're really striving for because he's actually protecting you from something instead of looking at life, like God's holding something back from you, or he's not allowing you to have something. I think that I can honestly really frequently forget that he's, he can honestly be just protecting me from something. Mm -hmm. And this isn't always in a bad way, such as if I were to go to a different role, maybe my boss would be horrible. I think that one thing I could also be is becoming super attached to a position or to a role if that's not the season of life he wants you to be in long term. So it can be like a positive or a negative thing or 
there's there's just so much we don't know about life and I think we go through life as if we can know tomorrow at least I do mm-hmm. I'm a huge planner I like to plan everything my family is just very organized and has always been that way so I kind of picked up that and so I go through life as if I know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow I plan out like my workouts my homework or where I'm going to be and all that kind of stuff I always want to know what's next so it is really hard, but I think that God is just teaching me that to trust him. And I know that sounds so cliche. Like everyone always <laughs> talk about what God's teaching you. God's teaching how to trust him, but it really is true. And you can really only learn by experience. And I mean, what's the only way you build trust with someone knowing them for a long time. So yeah. seeing his handiwork in my life and really not knowing why right now, but Liv was just encouraging me and saying, honestly, you know, in the next six to 10 months, you could know exactly why like your, my, your life just might look completely different. And mm-hmm. so that's been encouraging. It's been hard, but it's been really encouraging that just because I'm not where I want to be doesn't mean that it's purposeless. There's a reason for that. Yeah, I think like and I know we've kind of talked about this before, too, I think, especially in like the uh, encouragement for daily life episode. Mm-hmm. Um But like trusting God is one of those things where it's like, it sounds easy until you do it, like until you actually have to do it because honestly, trusting God is really hard because it's like, you can trust him in the good things and in the fun things and in the easy things. But then like, as soon as something happens where it's completely out of your control, like there's actually nothing you can do other than truly just depend on the Lord that can be really hard, especially when it's something that seems like we should have some type of control over Mm -hmm. because it's more of like a, it's not like a spiritual thing, like a job or money or, you know, anything like that, where it's kind of like, this is like more of a tangible earthly thing that's valuable. And so like, why, like me trusting God feels really hard because it's just kind of like, but this isn't a spiritual thing. So like, why does it matter? You know? So um, that can be really, really hard, but yeah, I really do think that in a couple of months or like this time next year, especially mm-hmm. probably look back and be like, everything worked out how it's supposed to, you know, yeah. like God was, God was faithful and he led me to this point And I learned a lot through that experience. And, um, it wasn't, you know, anything I had to do with me, like constantly trying to do something and just like not getting it because like, mm-hmm. I'm not you know, good enough, or I wasn't qualified or whatever. I think it's just genuinely like God is, is leading you, you know? And also shielding you sometimes depending on what it is. I think one thing I've also had to realize as well is understand how much of the work hard, earn, whatever it is, is stamped into my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a cultural thing. I think definitely in America for good and for bad, there is that idea, like just as hard as you work, you can make it to the top. And there's people that definitely do. They come from nothing and they build like an empire. You know, you've seen those stories all the time. And so it's not to say it's not true for some people, but I think it's kind of a blanket statement that I have kind of allowed to seep into the way that I view my life and my work and my career, that if I just worked hard enough, if I just wowed my leadership enough it just did enough work and did it to the best and be better than anyone like of course I'm going to be able to get a role that I want or transition into a place that I feel like I'm being really challenged and the truth that's just not true 
Like God controls everything. And who am I to think that I can subvert that? Well, the subconscious Allison thinks she, she can. So yeah, I don't know, kind of overdoing it can also harm you in a way that you don't realize. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just not to try so hard and like let it be what it is is a really hard thing. So yeah, well, it's easy to place your value in the things that you're doing and like in the True. things that you're achieving or not achieving. Like, yeah. I think we've all done that where we're like, I am worth this because I have done this. Um, and that's not true, <laughs> but it's really right. easy to, you know, live in that space, even if you're not like thinking about it that way. Um, I know I do that. I used to do that all the time. It's actually something like that was one of those things where like when you get married, you realize about yourself that you've never realized about yourself because you just have someone to point it out to you. There's a lot of those things that happen in marriage, guys. Just saying. Yeah. Like I remember when after we got married, like the first year of marriage, there were so many things that like I realized about myself that I just didn't even know because that I did or the ways that I thought or patterns Mm -hmm. of thinking that I had. Because no one had ever pointed them out to me before, you know, like no one had said like, this is like how you're thinking about this though. And that's really unhelpful or like, Mm -hmm. you know, no, I remember we were, we were talking one time, my husband and I, and just the way that I was speaking, I was basically saying in shorter terms, I guess that like, if I'm not doing anything that has purpose in my eyes, then I'm not worth anything. Like I'm not useful. I'm not like, like there's, there's just like nothing, I guess, to me, if that makes sense. Like, and that's just so not true. You know, it's like, it's so easy to think that it's so easy to be like, but if I'm not doing anything, like, especially when it comes to like your work or the things that you're stewarding, um, you know, or trying to do things for the gospel or, you know, all of that, it's like, I'm not doing anything that I think is helpful in that regard. And so I'm not worth anything. And I think like, I even thought that to the point of like, I'm not worth anything to God if I'm not doing anything that like is worthy of, you know, his adoration, even though nothing we could ever do is worthy of his adoration. So it's like just a cyclical like cycle in your brain where you're like, but I'm not doing anything. So I'm not worth anything, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it can be really hard. So yeah, definitely get that for sure. Definitely a weird discrepancy between doing and being and how those things kind of fuse together yeah. in your mind and the fact that we know Jesus did it all so we can just be children of God and do what he mm. told us to do. But like, for some reason, that's not enough for us. Yeah. But yeah, definitely tough. Yeah. Or like a, a discrepancy between feeling and knowing things. Yes. Too. That I struggle with that a lot where it's like, I feel this way. So this is the reality when a lot of times it's like, I feel this way, but that's not reality. Cause this is what I know. Yeah. Definitely something I struggle with as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to give you the chance to share something that you're, you're, you're learning or that you're going through. I don't want to just be all about my thing. I think like the main thing that I really feel like God has been teaching me the hard way yet like the beautiful way is that just like to lean on him when things are hard or when like a lot of things around me are just utter chaos. And again, that's another thing I feel like probably sounds really cliche. Like God is just teaching me how to lean on him, but just not leaning on my own understanding. But, but genuinely it's like, there have been some circumstances recently um, in my husband and I's ministries that we are a part of and that he leads, um, that have just been really hard. 
Um, I won't go into detail for to respect other people's privacy, but just like they've been hard to to come alongside other people and try to help them and, you know, carry them and, you know, just aid them in whatever way we can while being loving, while being fair, you know, and while being just at the same time. And so that's been really hard <laughs> um, in a couple different like situations, not just one, it's a couple of them. And um, I think just through that, me personally, um, in my situation, like, it's been hard because that's been happening and I've seen this, the toll that it's taken on, you know, my husband. And so like, I'm like also trying to help him in that and be a good supporter and aid him in that as well. While also trying to like help those people, but then also trying to stay on top of the things that I have going on in just my life, but not anyone else's like my school and my work and all that kind of stuff. And um, so it's just kind of been a lot. It's been very chaotic <laughs> to say the least, but I, I genuinely believe that God has allowed me to have strength in those things um, and to have joy in those things and just a lot of clarity too. It's not often that I have seen joy as one of the fruits <laughs> of my life, <laughs> if I'm being honest. That's always been one that I've struggled with. It kind of was like, whatever my circumstances were, um, I was happy or I was sad. Uh, if the circumstance was sad, so was I. <laughs> and if the circumstance is easy and light and happy, so was I. Um, and so I think this is kind of one of the situations where I've really seen like the joy of the Lord um, kind of coming through in my life, um, just in a time where there really isn't a reason to have joy <laughs> other than like, well, I mean, there are so many reasons to like be grateful and like, you know, have joy, I guess. But just like in my circumstances currently, it's like so mm -hmm. much is going on. It's kind of hard to see past those things. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I've just really seen like God be faithful in that and just kind of give me the joy of the Lord and allow me to have strength by leaning on him and mm -hmm. through his spirit so that I can help other people. And you know, it, I haven't really had a moment yet actually where I've been like super overwhelmed to the point of being like, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't do this. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I really do feel like that's just because God has been genuinely like holding me up and yeah. giving me strength and giving me joy so that I can give that to other people when they're in a time where they're just like, Oh, I can't do this. Like, this is so hard or this right. is so much going on. So yeah. So he's just been really teaching me to like lean on him. And mm -hmm. I spent a lot of like quiet mornings, just kind of sitting on my back porch and reading my Bible and, um, just feeling a lot of peace from him and just feeling his presence really near, which I think we kind of all go through seasons where like, sometimes God feels so close and sometimes he feels so far away. Um, so this has just kind of been one of those beautiful seasons where like, it's been hard, but I've really seen like God's faithfulness yeah. in just being near. So yeah. Yeah. I've always kind of struggled to understand joy. Like I know what it is conceptually. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm curious, like how does joy tangibly look for you? Like in that turmoil and that chaos of the people around you? Like, how do you know? Like, oh, in this moment, I'm I experiencing like, joy. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's not like people are like, yeah, these are the horrible things going on. And I'm like, that's great. Like, not like that, <laughs> not in that way. But I think just kind of like, in the way that I've been able to encourage people yeah. while not being pulled down myself, okay, um, yeah. if that makes sense. Because I think so often 
I will empathize to the point of like almost like depression. Like <laughs> I will like empathize with someone and then be like, oh, okay, well, like now, like I'm just sad with you. And like, you know, like, and instead of like letting that pull me down, I think I've been able to really like pull others up. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, not by my own strength. I truly believe by God's strength in me. But um, yeah, like, and I mean, with other people, I think like that's just looks like being a good friend and listening and helping and trying to do anything that I can to like write a situation if I can be involved in that way. Um, but I think like I have really seen it in my relationship, like in my marriage, because when one person is not okay in your relationship, like if they're just not doing so hot, neither are you. Like, it's really hard to be doing well when your spouse is not just because, you know, they're your one flesh, like they're part of you, you know? So like, if they're not doing so well, it's like, it's really hard to like be the other side of that. Like to be like, okay, well, instead of coming down to where you're at because you're in a really low moment. Um, and I mean, sometimes that's good. Sometimes you just need to come down and like be together and like sit together in that. But like you, when you know someone else kind of needs you to like pull them up and like have joy in those situations and like be positive um, and encourage them um, rather than just being like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> and like, now we're both sad. And, you know, this is just terrible. Like I have really seen um, just God come through in those moments where like, even if I'm tired or like, I don't really know what to say, like just being able to be like, you know, everything's going to be good. Like, it's going to be okay. Like we just were trusting the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, this is a hard week, but like, this is a good week because we have the gospel, you know, we have salvation. And so like, this is a good week. This is a good day. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. So let's rejoice and be glad in it. So like, you know, just being able to encourage, I think, without being pulled down, because it's really easy for me to be pulled down. Mm-hmm. I'm a very small person. It's very easy for me to be pulled down. We're both like five one, right? Are we the same height? Yeah, we're both five one. Yeah, very short people. people. <laughs> so it's easy for me to be pulled down, figuratively <laughs> and physically. And physically. <laughs> yeah. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me a lot of. Liv and I have talked, I don't know about on the podcast, but at least between each other about kind of this concept of compassion fatigue. So when there's people around you that are going through really serious, really difficult stuff, and then just wanting the best for the people that you love, just wanting the absolute best for them in their lives. And you know, what you know is right. And then not seeing them make the decisions that leads to that or see other people hurt them. And just like, it's so hard, especially if you are a naturally empathetic person, it's really hard not to get so involved to the point where you emotionally, mentally are fatigued by their presence in your life or your presence in theirs, depending on how involved Mm -hmm. you might be. And I actually think that transitions really well into the thing that I wanted to share next, which was what God has taught me about codependency and about healthy relationships. And so I'm referring to in the context of friendships. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like marriage is a whole separate thing and the way you need to support each other and be there for each other, I feel like is like a completely different conversation, just like Mm -hmm. you were mentioning earlier, you know, about you and your husband and the, you know, the hard weeks you guys had, but especially in friendships, like kind of the boundaries that you need to set emotionally and mentally to be 
a great friend to them, but also not get pulled down. Yeah. And compassion fatigue, I think, is something that I have really struggled with a lot in the past few years as I've kind of built friendships. And I heard on a podcast, I can't remember where, but so just saying this is not like my original thought, but (laughs) the lady on the podcast was talking about how when there's someone who's really in pain or really going through something, whether it's addiction or really serious mental health issues, that the people around them need to have resilience and enough resilience Mm -hmm. to see that person in pain and in brokenness and still say, okay, what are we going to do about it? And let that person be uncomfortable or in pain for certain things that they need to let go of in their life. And so Mm. that can literally be anything like that could apply to essentially anything. So essentially she was talking about how when you're supporting someone who's going through something really difficult, you need to be strong enough that you're okay seeing them in discomfort because you know that there's things that they need to change in their life. It's a good kind of pain, good kind of discomfort because there's things that need to change for the better in their life. And for a really long time, and I mean, I still struggle with this today. I'm not a strong enough person to like see other people and not want to intervene or do everything to help them or throw myself into their life and just be everything for them. It is a habit that I have struggled with for such a long time. And a lot of it it can hurt a lot of my friendships because while that person was in pain, I would kind of be like a crutch and enable their behavior that was harming them. And so, because I just didn't know how to see them in pain. Like the only thing I knew how to do was to help and be all involved in it. And so I've just kind of learned what God has taught me through those situations and through a lot of pain and having to lose some relationships as well just like how to set boundaries and how to be a good friend to someone without like becoming their all and positioning yourself in a, in the place of God and trying to pull them up more than you're capable of doing. Yes. Yeah. We absolutely are supposed to pull people up into the joy of the Lord and walk with them and be with them in that pain. However, we're not God. And I think it's really hard for sometimes for us to like figure out where that boundary is, where that line is between where we can really be helpful and supportive. And then when we're not helping or we're not actually mm-hmm. being constructive anymore. So I'm still learning that. So I wouldn't say like, God's taught me I'm done with that lesson moving on. I think it's something I'm always going to struggle with to some extent, but it's something yeah. I've really been learning about. I'm sure you have as well with all the stuff that's been going on and people that have been struggling around you, just learning how to really be there, but not just like completely dive into an unhealthy point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think as a society, like as a culture in the West, especially, we're very anti-uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, we're very like pro-comfort. We (laughs) value comfort so much. And it's like to the point that we don't know how to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can look so many ways, whether that's like awkward moments or awkward silences or just like growth in my life Mm -hmm. or setting boundaries. Like that looks so different in so many different scenarios. But I think like it's really hard then to see people that you love be uncomfortable because you're like, no, 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 we don't, we don't have to do this. Like we'll fix this and let's just be happy. But honestly, um, and honestly, that's another thing that we hear all the time is like, do whatever makes you happy. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you're trying to avoid uncomfort, um, yeah, words, uncomfort, <laughs> like your whole life, you know, yeah. like that's just like 
what a lot of people's lives are about is chasing happiness. Mm-hmm. A lot of times happiness is fleeting, you know? Um, and so I think in that it's really hard to see the people that we love be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, even though a lot of times, and I think you can ask anyone who's gone through anything hard ever, um, growth comes from uncomfort. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that be like pain or discontentment or, you know, sadness or what have you, a lot of times we go through those things. And that's yeah. really the only way to grow, to be totally honest, is like to feel those things and sit in that uncomfort and like our discomfort. Um, something I heard recently too, also on a podcast, um, a girl was talking about uh, like a certain kind of therapy that she was doing. I forgot what she called it, but it was basically like, it was something for anxiety. And it was basically like, you think of like the worst case scenario in something, or you like think of something that makes you really uncomfortable or that makes you really like scared that you would normally like want to just turn off or run away from like as soon as possible. Like that's your first reaction. And instead of doing that, you just kind of like sit in that thought or sit in that like realization or like sit in front of something that like you're afraid of or like things like that. It, Cause it's not exposure therapy. It's like something else, but, but basically you just kind of sit in that un- like discomfort and you just realize it's not that bad. You know, like you kind of like almost like make yourself uncomfortable on purpose to eventually like become comfortable with it. If that yeah. makes any sense, like you eventually realize like, Oh, okay. It's not that bad. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes we just need to learn how to be uncomfortable in situations and just realize it's not that bad. Like, I know something for me too. I think I talked, I don't know if it was the last episode. I'm like, when did we record last? um, (laughs) We talked at some point and I was kind of talking about how lately I've been just kind of struggling with having social anxiety and for some reason just kind of come out of nowhere and I think like something that genuinely does help me is almost like procuring thoughts like that like thinking to myself like okay so if this is super awkward if I just have like a super awkward interaction with someone and I just like don't know what to say and I walk away and think like okay they probably don't like me now because like they just have a really bad first impression of me or something that's really just like one awkward moment and I can probably change their opinion of me like later, right. you know? So it's just kind of like, that's not actually that bad. <laughs> like, even if that's something that like, I'm afraid of, or I'm afraid of what people will think of me. It's like, first of all, I can't control that, but also whatever it is, it's probably not that bad. I don't know. That's just kind of something that I'm learning to, I guess, like yeah. in an, in a different way. Well, it's like, it's like you were saying, why would we ever have to trust God if things always worked out when we did things right. our own way? Like what is, like you said, you have to experience the pain to grow. Why would you ever need to lean on God if you could always stand up on your own and carry everything by yourself and do it fantastically? I mean, I'd like to know if there's anybody that has actually done that because I have never seen that in the course of history. <laughs> Highly doubt I'm it. <laughs> not capable of doing either. And one other thing I wanted to add to that is really cool that I've been learning. Our church is going through Genesis. Huge book to tackle, giant books, yeah. so much stuff, a lot of confusing and weird, uncomfortable things. And we're, we've been most recently, we just finished going through the passages where Abraham and Sarah pass away. And so we kind of just finished their arc and their story and everything God you know, did through them. And one of the things the pastor was talking about is 
you know, Abraham and Sarah tried to do it their own way. They tried to have their own child through, um, through the, the slave. And Mm -hmm. then like, of course they didn't, you know, Sarah laughed when she heard that God was going to give her a child, like let her be pregnant and have a child because they were so old. And Mm -hmm. I mean, look how that turned out for them. It resulted in so much brokenness when they tried it their own way. And it just kind of, it's another reminder, like I'm not any different when I try to do things my own way and manipulate scenarios into happening, it just doesn't turn out very well. And it's just not different today. So again, just like, like Abraham and Sarah, why would they have ever needed to trust God if the way they did it was perfect and fantastic and worked out? Right. Like, again, you're going to have to experience that pain. There's going to be, have to be something that takes you to the end of yourself. You're like, I'm not it. I am not the person that can make me happy. I can't like no matter what I buy, no matter what I pursue or what I achieve or what salary I get or like all these things the world tells you that are going to fulfill you. Mm -hmm. It's never going to be enough. You're just not it. And I can just, I can say that from the experience of that. And then also just seeing it in the Bible, you'll see it over and over again. People, another example, I think is Isaac and Rebecca. And, you know, they're a really good example too, of how using deceit and manipulation is another, yeah, just just doesn't work out the way you think it's going to work out. It just never does. So there's growing through the pain. It's so necessary. You just, it can't happen without, without the pain. Yes. And I just wanted to add, cause I, I like totally blanked on it when I was speaking earlier, but the uh, slave that Abraham and Sarah tried to like have a child through was Hagar. So if you're interested yes. in reading that story, I wanted to provide that. Cause I just like blanked on the name earlier. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. It kind of makes me think of like just this whole concept, like the being refined by the fire. Mm. Um, like we see that in scripture in numerous verses that kind of talk about that, but Specifically in First Peter 1, 7, um, it says that the trial of your faith being much more precious um, than gold that, oh, wait, I'm reading this in King James and we can't oh, no. hold on. <laughs> we can't hold have on. that. <laughs> we can't do that. I was like, refineth. <laughs> I refineth. Okay. Honestly, I might just read this whole section <laughs> if you're okay with that. Yeah, for sure. It's verses 3 through 12. Um, Go for and it. And it just has a lot of really good things to say. But Uh, It says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice though. Now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And this is the verse talking about refined by the fire. Verse seven says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him Though you do not now see him. You believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Um, I'll just stop there. That's up to verse 10. I just feel like that's like, it's encouraging to see, like, it says the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, even though we go through various trials and even though we have to be refined in ways that can be painful sometimes, it's so precious. The outcome, Mm -hmm. the outcome is something that, yeah, like you said, it's imperishable. It doesn't, it's eternal. It's not something that we can lose in this life. 
Yeah, I yeah. I I also feel like the the pain of difficult situations can also make us I don't know, at least for me. It can create resentment. Like honestly, if something is really hard and it's just been going on for a long time, there's that exhaustion that like why god really yeah. what is the reason for this like what am i supposed to be getting out of this and just not really understanding the point and then again like we talked about earlier the, with our culture consistently being like try harder try harder work harder get what you want so if you've pursued every route imaginable for something and you feel like it's going to turn out and then it just keeps not turning out. I think it can breed resentment and anger at God. And I don't know if you've, if you've ever been to that point with a situation in your life, you're just like, I do not know what to do. There's just nothing left for me to try, nothing left for me to say. I have no idea how to move forward. I mean, I've definitely been there with things in my life. And so it is through that pain. It's through that process like that we do learn to trust God because at the end of the day, our actions just fall flat like there's there's so little we can do in that point and so it can Mm -hmm. be something that you're going through yourself that you're wanting for yourself that you've been praying for but I think it can also apply to when you have other people in your life that you're really wanting the best for and you're having compassion fatigue over and you're wanting them to have something you know or, or get to a point in their life that you want them to be at so yeah that's that's definitely just challenging. I think one other thing that we can learn from that too is how powerful prayer is because I think Mm -hmm. we also forget how healing that is for ourselves. So again, like I've talked about, I put so much of my compassion identity into others and how well other people in my life are doing and what can I do to make it better and how can I elevate them to the point where, yes, it's good to be considered by others, but to the point where it's unhealthy for me, right? Because it impacts my mental and emotional state in an unhealthy way. Um, and just remembering that when I pray for them, how much that eases my mind and just remembering that, I mean, prayer obviously benefits them because we're advocating for other people in our life, but how much peace is given to mm-hmm. you and not in a selfish way, but just to remind yourself when you go into prayer, just the peace and the joy that God gives you just knowing like, I got it. I got you. Mm-hmm. I got them. I got all the people you care about. I have the world. Like I have it taken care of. That's just so reassuring to remember. And especially when you're going through like really old passages back in the Bible and you're like, he's the same God. He's the same God who did those miracles for Abraham and Sarah. And he's that same God that I have access to. So that's an encouraging thing. I think just to remind, it's, again, mm-hmm. like sounds very cliche, but how powerful prayer is not only for the person you might be praying for, but for yourself as well in your spiritual state. Yeah. I once heard someone say that prayer is not a gift like to God, it's a gift to us. <laughs> yeah, God, it is. It um, definitely is. Yeah. It's like, it's a gift that God has given us. Um, I think to really like feel his peace and to mm-hmm. slow down and like, um, uh, just remember like who our God is, because that's really important. You know, like sometimes we forget because we get so caught up in everything that's in front of us and everything that's around us and all the things that we can hear and touch and see. And, you know, anything that we can take in with our five senses that we like will forget to slow down and remember like truly how powerful and how sovereign our God is and that nothing that we face in this life could ever stand up to him. You know, if he's for us, you can be against us. So, um, yeah, it's definitely so important to, to slow down and to do that and to enter into his presence and just have peace. 
um, and just rest like in the fact that he has got it. He's good. He's got it for us. We're not, you know, we're going to be okay. Going to be okay. (laughs) And then we hear all the time people tell us like, oh, it's going to be okay. It'll be fine. But just the fact that like when we know Christ and when we are in Christ, that's actually true. (laughs) Like the fact that even if like the most horrible things happen to us on this earth, uh, like the most horrible things that you can think of, like it's still going to be okay. Like in the end, because for all eternity, it's going to be okay. Like that's, I mean, obviously taking it down to like the simplest of terms, but um, it's very comforting, very comforting to know. Yeah. Cause we know the outcome and those apart from Christ don't, I've been very fascinated with this chapter in revelation recently, revelation five, there's a song. If anyone knows it's called, uh, is he worthy? And it's refers. Yes. I love that. song. I love that song because there's so, so, there's not that many praise or worship songs that are based on revelation or Mm -hmm. something as mysterious as the events in revelation. So something about that song and the lyrics just really get to, I mean, they're straight out of scripture. So that's yeah, they're beautiful. Um, but yeah, if you, I really like the Chris Tomlin version of it. There's a, there's so many different versions. So there's a lot of great versions yes. of that song, but it's just like knowing that we know the person that's worthy and is able to open the scroll, knowing that that's, that's the Jesus that saved me. That's the Jesus I have access to. That's the Jesus who's working in my heart to know that he wins in the end. Like what better, what better thing is there to walk through life knowing because mm-hmm. it, the uncertainty of like, where am I going to be tomorrow or in a year from now, is my life going to be any better? Especially if you're in, if you're going through depression or something or addiction or mental health issues, just the uncertainty of everything I think can be super overwhelming. At least it was for me just feeling like, oh, it's never going to get better. It is never going to get better. My life will Mm -hmm. always feel this way. There is nothing that is going to change in my life, regardless of what I do. Like that's just hopeless state. But then in this reminder with the whole book of Revelation, but then especially this chapter where Jesus comes in, it's like, and John's like, there's no one, there's no one that's worthy to open the scroll. And then there's Jesus. Boom. Like he, (laughs) the root of David, (laughs) the root of uh, David, the line of Judah. And just like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so encouraging to know, like, that's who we serve. The one who wins in the end, regardless of what we face here and and right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I I have a story. Um, My sister-in-law told me this story. Um, We were in Tennessee recently because we were there for my sister's like bridal shower slash bachelorette weekend. And um, we had to drive from Atlanta. Her and I went on a journey together. We went on a journey. Um, (laughs) So we flew into Atlanta, but we were driving to Tennessee um, because that's just how it went cheapness wise. So Um, We were being economical, but yeah, so we were driving to Tennessee and she was telling me this story about a documentary that she watched. I forgot what it's called, but basically it's just like these missionaries, like the story of all these missionaries that, um, you know, do different things in different countries and just like these crazy stories that they have about like the power of God, um, where they are. And I think sometimes that we don't see these types of things as often in where we live because it's like just the culture is not quite as spiritually dark 
Um, there's a lot of darkness in the West. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's not quite the same like spiritual battle as like some of the places in Africa, for instance, where there are witch doctors and there's a lot of voodoo and like just a lot of very dark, like demonic type of oppression happening there. And, um, in this specific story, that was the case. It was a missionary that was somewhere where that was very, very prominent. And there was like a specific, witch doctor that lived in the village that the missionary was in. And, uh, he was, I guess, like just, you know, doing some very, very dark things. And, um, this missionary just kind of felt like he was called to like, go confront this guy basically. And just like rebuke him and tell him like, what you're doing is wrong. And like, you need to repent and like all those things. And, So he's thinking as he's like preparing for this, like, this is going to be this huge, like spiritual battle. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen. Like when I go there, you know, like I have no idea. Like, I'm just like, I'm kind of freaked out a little bit because who knows how this is going to go. And apparently the day came where he was supposed to go meet up with this guy and he went to the, the man's house. And as they're walking up, like him and some of his companions that also do ministry with him, the wife of the witch doctor, I guess, came like running out and she was like, what have you done my husband? Like, what have you done? And he was like, what the heck? So they go inside and this man is just like cowering on the ground in the corner, like just like shaking, like in a ball. And he's just like completely like cowering, like in fear, just completely like falls to the ground. Like apparently like he couldn't see like, all these like crazy things. And it's just kind of like, that's the power of God. You know, like this, this ministry, this missionary was like, this is him. Like, this is the guy that like everyone is telling me, like is so scary and powerful and has like all of this power and like um, can make all these like really horrible, dark things happen and like all that kind of stuff. And he was just saying like, that's just the power of God. Like we came there with the Holy spirit and like God just, just the like mere presence of God literally just made this man like cower in the corner. It literally like gave me chills when she told me that. Cause it's just like, that's the power of our God. Like, it's not like this, this battle where it's like, Oh, who's going to win? Like, Oh, like we don't know, like what's going to happen. It's like darkness flees in the light of Jesus Christ, you know? And so it's just like, it's crazy. Like it might seem like there's this huge battle going on where like, we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know who's going to win in the end because sometimes it, it feels that way. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like God is so much more powerful than that. Like there's no comparison. There is no, no battle really like in the, in the way that like he's going to win in the end, there's no doubt in that, you know? Um, so I just thought that was like super encouraging and just crazy to think about like, I think sometimes we underestimate like the power of God in the face of the evil that we see around us, but there's literally no comparison. Yeah. Great men are brought low before God. Mm -hmm. It reminds me while you were talking, I was thinking about that passage in Ephesians where Paul kind of just talks about like our struggle and our battle as Christians. Mm -hmm. Um, And he talks about the armor of God and the things we have to clothe ourselves with to combat you know what we struggle with in this world right and in verse 12 he says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places and i would encourage you to read the rest of the passage like it goes on paul goes on to talk about 
the armor of God we have to clothe ourselves with to fight against that. But it just reminds me, I think we can disassociate a lot of times from the spiritual battle that we are in mm-hmm. and the reality that they're spiritual beings. And like, again, like we're spiritual beings. I mean, we have a soul, right. but just a reminder, there are things that we don't have power over. We don't have sight for, but it doesn't matter because we're in the hands of the person that can and controls all mm-hmm. of it and is over all of it. So I mean, this goes like way back to one of our first episodes, but we talk about how God is Elohim. He's a completely different type of being. He's a spiritual being and he's completely over us and above us and his ways and his thoughts transcend ours in ways that we could never even comprehend. So, so, so encouraging to remember how powerful he is, how little even the greatest man or woman in all of history could just not even hold a pin next to God is really encouraging like whatever you're facing your life it is not powerful enough to knock god off his feet or to take you off the plan that you're supposed to be on so yeah so i think you know with that said um we'll kind of bring it to a close here we've been talking about some of the things that we've learned for a little bit now but i did just want to kind of leave you guys with this because all this whole conversation that we just had made me think of john 16 which says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, that's Jesus talking in that verse. So, you know, if you're listening to this, if you're feeling, I don't know, discouraged or just brought down, or you're going through a hard time or, you know, you're learning some really hard things and you're growing in them. I just encourage you to just remember that in Christ, you have peace. Um, we don't have to fear. We don't have to give in to the temptation to be brought lower, you know, be um, discontented because Christ has overcome the world, you know, that we live in. So even though sometimes it feels very real and very, or it is real, you know, it feels very harsh sometimes. Uh, we can take heart and we can take encouragement and rest in the fact that Jesus has overcome the world, anything that we might face in it. So, Yeah. So with that, I think we're going to wrap up here, but we hope you guys enjoyed just kind of following along in this conversation with us, just talking about some of the things that we've been learning lately in life. And um, I hope it was encouraging to you. We are hoping to kind of continue on the weekly schedule now that things are starting to slow down a little bit here. Also follow us on Instagram. (laughs) If you haven't already, you can find us at Cedar and Cypress Pod. We'll see you guys next time.